Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. So my son went off to college just a couple of months ago. And those of you who have sent your kids off to college, you may be able to relate with this. And he's a responsible kid and he's a good kid and he's a very smart kid. He's not always the most responsible kid, but I think that that does describe most teenagers. It's not a disparagement in any way. It's just, he's just not terribly organized all the time. And, you know, things like completing tasks and even answering email. I mean, we almost did the um, keeping them away from excessive technology thing, maybe a little too well, because he just doesn't pay any attention to a lot of that stuff, including texts, like we'll text and he won't really hear back. And so when he went off to college, one of the things, I don't know if this was something that they did when I went off to college, but the line for the university is very clear that if you're over 18, which they all are, that it is nothing gets sent back to the parents. It's something that's done exclusively with the kids. And to me, this seems like a flaw in the system. Personally, it feels like, okay, well, when you're talking about bills and registration and housing renewal and even course selection, I mean, that's less because that should be on their shoulders. I understand the idea of wanting the students to be responsible, but as parents who did a lot of stuff for um, their kid. I mean, much more than my daughter. She's very self-reliant. My son likes things done for him. It, it just makes me a little bit nervous because I'm like, well, what's not going to get done? Um, things like he's he's always been so smart that he never studied at all. He never <clears throat> he never studied. He never brought home homework. He always managed to just be crazy efficient and just new stuff. And that's a great that's a great thing. Except that it means that he didn't have the time management or study skills that are necessary in college. So this is all to say in no way, shape or form am I intending to complain about my son or anything like that. It's none of that. It's, this is more about like the, the loss of control and the feeling that maybe I know better. And I say that with just a little bit of a wince because I try not to be the kind of person who feels that they know better even of their kids, especially when their kids are past 18. But apparently that's kind of how, apparently that's there. <clears throat> and it, it's not just things having to do with the university and all that stuff. It's also social stuff. It's it's also like, you know, I had a lot of fun in college. I think most people who went away to college do rate it as, as some of the most interesting times or great times of their lives. It's just, it's a very special time. In my mind, it's the perfect time of life because you have all of the freedom of being an adult and none of the responsibilities of being an adult, at least in my experience. So you get to go off, have fun, do whatever you want, and nobody can stop you. And at the same time, you don't have to necessarily hold down a job at the same time, although I know a lot of people do, and a lot of your stuff still gets handled for you. So, I, you know, and he's heard all of my college stories. And so I thought he'd go off, he'd meet interesting and crazy characters, he'd get into stuff right away, he'd get into some shenanigans, I'd get to hear about some shenanigans other shenanigans I wouldn't hear about at all, but that's kind of the point. And that's kind of what I thought would happen. But what didn't, it didn't really happen because he's introverted and his roommate is his best friend, meaning that he didn't need to go anywhere for, for like socially. 
and he's also very close to home. So he comes home all the time. And I, I told him like, like tongue in cheek, none of this is, is meant as like overt criticism, but I did say tongue in cheek, you're, you're doing college wrong. Um, you, uh, you're, you're, you're doing all the work and, and none of the fun, you know, you're not staying over the weekends to have fun and you're just kind of hanging out with your roommate. So that was a little tongue in cheek, but it was also a little not tongue in cheek because one of the reasons that I wanted to send him off to college was just a parental concern for, I, I wanted him to, to learn that independence and to go out and make friends and blah, blah, blah. So you're probably getting tired of hearing me rattle on about my son. But the point here is that even though I consider myself to be not really a helicoptery parent, it probably sounds like it over the last four minutes of me describing this, it probably sounds helicoptery. That's because I'm giving you the highlights. There are lots of things that wouldn't really merit discussion. And this is what's most relevant. But I'm not terribly helicoptery. I'm not terribly like looking in on him. And still, this is a concern that I have. So that's the nature of this, is this noticing this very extreme. Well, that was kind of the impetus. The specific noticing is I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and I was just introspecting and thinking about the whole thing. And I said, you know what? This seems like a really obvious thing. I mean, forgive me for being obvious, but it was that he's a different person than me. And his college experience and his life experience is going to be different than mine. Now, I did an episode a while ago about how, and this was months ago, about how kids are not, my kids, at least in particular, and my noticing are not just derivatives of myself. They're their own people. I guess that's true for everybody's kids. And noticing that. So I thought that that was kind of cool that I noticed it. And despite that, apparently this one got me. But when I started thinking about that in new and going, you know what, if I just let go, if I just go, I have these concerns. And so I will address the hottest of the concerns, the ones that really, really, truly need to be addressed. But the rest of them, I'm just going to kind of raise my hands and I'm going to say, you know what? Um, he's gonna like, he's gonna, probably going to make some mistakes and that's fine. He's gonna um, <clears throat> miss, you know, if he misses a deadline, if he forgets to study, then he's going to get a bad grade and he'll figure it out because he's not just going to fail. I, I know that. Um, if he misses scheduling for classes or something, then he'll get in crappy classes and he'll learn next time. If he's too introverted, then, you know, that was my definition of introverted, my definition of being social, and he'll be fine. But the more I thought about that, I was like, oh, well, there's a creative lesson here too. And it's that personally, I do the exact same thing with my characters. Ironically, I do it better with my characters than I do with my kids. And I think I do pretty well with my kids. So that just speaks like I kind of let my characters one run wild and free. So here's what I mean about that. And this was a reminder to do this and sort of an impetus to let you know about it as well, if in case you don't, is a lot of people very carefully control their writing. And if, if that is the way you work, then that is the way you work. If it doesn't work for you, though, maybe consider what I'm about to say, because I think it's very interesting and it leads to a lot of spontaneity, is the idea of letting your characters go in the same way that I can kind of let my kids go and say, you know what? They'll figure it out. <clears throat> I gave these characters good grounding and my subconscious is the playground that they play in. And I just know it'll be fine because that's a safe environment, unless it's not meant to be a safe environment, like unless the plot calls for it. But if you meticulously control everything that you do and you decide you want to try this, it, it may be unfamiliar, but the idea that you step back and, and you kind of you, you witness a scene instead of controlling a scene. So you might have a very clear idea of what's going to happen in that scene, but you also might be wrong. 
And what I'll tend to do, and I, I know that Tarantino has talked about um, this as well. Quentin Tarantino will say that he just gets his characters together, lets them talk, and then cuts out like 90% of what happens because it's not interesting. But there's some stuff that happens in there almost spontaneously that is very interesting. And that's kind of the way that I work, except that I don't then cut out 90%. I find that the story meanders in a direction that it's meant to go, and it might be a direction I don't expect. Letting characters decide their own fates. Oh, well, they were supposed to do this thing, but now apparently they're going to do this. It's just the whim. That's the way the story wants to go. When I do that, it's more authentic because it's not, it doesn't, it's not forced. It, there's a reason they're going that way. It's not spontaneous. And if they're going that way, it's probably because subconsciously they shouldn't go that way or they should go that way rather. And aside from just letting characters go though, uncertainty in general, like what you're doing is you're allowing uncertainty. You're allowing yourself to go into the next chapter and through a scene, not knowing what's going to happen. But if you don't know what's going to happen, imagine what your reader's going to feel. If you're trying to build suspense, if you're trying to build surprise, if you're trying to avoid being a cliche, if you're willing to trust the journey, then you can create books that people never see what's coming. coming. They don't see it. And that can be something that really sets you apart is, wow, I never know what's going to happen here. This is truly unusual, truly unique, because you let go of the reins, kind of like I'm learning very slowly to do with my kids. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, there's a full article about every episode on my website at johnnybtruant.com, as well as show notes and transcripts. If you find value in what I do, please consider becoming a member of the site. Just click on membership at the top. Members get extra weekly episodes of the podcast, extra companion articles, my current in-progress book, if you're into that sort of thing, and more, all for just a few bucks a month. It's basically like buying me a cup of coffee. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.